benefit is for the customer. So if you're going to put the customer first, that's when this kind of becomes an interesting conversation. Hey everyone, this is Nazar Akil from Max Pro. Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Paul. And we're Love and Pebbles. Hi, this is Lopa Vandermersch from Rasa. Oh, you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening to, to the Ecom Show. Welcome to the Ecom Show, presented by Blue Tusker. The number one place to hear the inside scoop from other e-commerce experts, where they share their secrets on how they scaled their business and are now living the dream. Now, here is your host, Andrew Matt. I'm your host, Andrew Mattone, and today is an opinion piece, and I'm going to piss off a lot of people, or I may not, who the hell knows. So I'm talking about should you or should you not run traffic to your Amazon storefront? Well, my vote is no. Thank you. I'll see you all tomorrow. No. Um, So some sellers do want to. So it's going to be very dependent on if you are more of an e-commerce seller. I'm sorry, more of an Amazon seller. So a majority of your business on Amazon or a majority of your business is off Amazon. Usually I find that if a majority of your business is off Amazon, clearly you wouldn't want to do this. Um, But if it is on Amazon... You really have to find that fine line to decipher whether you want to. So a lot of times when I'm doing social media ads and things like that, I might do a retargeting of some kind and test sending them to Amazon. Now, the issue is when you send a customer to Amazon, your margins are crap. You don't own the customer, so you can't really retarget them again in the future. If you have a lot of repeat customers, and I probably would not suggest doing this either, uh, it's also nearly impossible to track Um so the, the best way that I've always done it is the custom source code. So in the back of Amazon storefront, create a custom source code. It's essentially just an extra part to the end of the URL, if you're not familiar, that allows you to track where traffic is coming from. So if I want to send someone to a specific page on my Amazon storefront, I'm going to create a source code for that specific page. I'm going to use that link in my Facebook ad, and I'm going to run that traffic there. And then Amazon in the back in the analytics will tell me what what's working, what's not, who came in, who bought, etc. But I won't own that data. I won't own any aspect of it. So it is kind of tough. Benefit is for the customer. So if you're going to put the customer first, that's when this kind of becomes an interesting conversation. A lot of people are more comfortable shopping on Amazon. And the sooner that you kind of just accept the fact that that is the case, then this becomes a little bit more realistic and might be something you actually want to try. But again, you lose margin. It sucks. It depends on really your approach. But we've also been trying uh, kind of more of an omni-channel approach where you take your buy button on your website and you make it as prevalent as possible, greater looks big. And then somewhere on the product page elsewhere, you put several other buttons that say also available on. And you can put conversion codes, uh, event codes into each of these buttons. Your developer can absolutely do that and you can track who's clicking them. But we have tested doing also available on Amazon, Walmart, eBay, Jet, whatever you're doing. Um, and letting people purchase wherever they're more comfortable. We've actually found that it can improve the conversion rate of the of the actual product because people will see that, oh, wow, this product is available in so many places. This must be a huge company. You have to remember that a lot of people a lot of your average consumers don't realize that it's that easy to sell on Amazon and Walmart, hence why there's a lot of crap on these websites. But 
it actually does kind of tell them like, okay, this is a reputable company. I've actually seen it improve the conversion rate of the website. I've also seen it improve just overall traffic or I'm sorry, overall sales from people who are just clicking over and purchasing on Amazon. But if I have an Amazon account and you're not offering Amazon pay or something like that, and that's the easiest way that I've always bought stuff, I'm going to go that way. Or maybe I like Amazon's tracking or if you can't offer two day free shipping, obviously I'm going to go to Amazon. So there's some benefits to it. My vote is still no. I would rather own the customer. I'd rather invest in the business going forward. I would rather have assets of an email list and social media and my website traffic and things like that that I can control. And I'd rather leverage the traffic that just pre-exists on Amazon and work with it there. And I'll use my storefront for sponsored brand ads. But it is something to consider. It is something to think about. There are other benefits like doing a product launch. When I do a brand new product launch, a lot of times I'll send people straight to the Amazon storefront first to kind of get the snowball effect of that new product. Then I'll stop doing it. There's a lot of ways and a lot of things you got to think about, but I wanted to kind of bring that up today and talk about the pros and cons of driving traffic to the storefront and what that may mean for you. a little bit about Amazon Live. So if you're not really sure what Amazon Live is, uh, it's been around for a little while. I'm not 100% sure on how long, but they talked about it during the Amazon Accelerator Conference. If you weren't a part of the Amazon Accelerator Conference, you might have missed out, but I'm sure you can still find the videos online somewhere. Um, It's a conference where it's usually every year and it's kind of like a traveling conference, but obviously with everything going on with the coronavirus, they did it online this year. Uh, It was interesting. It was very um, staged for the most part, a lot like most of the virtual events going on right now. But one of the things they talked about was uh, Amazon Live, where essentially on your product page, you can actually just go live and they kind of want you to treat it like QVC to a certain extent or the home shopping network or whatever your preference is. And, you know, at first a lot of people were like, okay, you know, another feature from Amazon, but this seems like a bit of a stretch. And it kind of is to me a little bit. It's one of those things where if you can really leverage it, it could possibly do very well for you. But I also think that there's certain types of products that it's going to do well for. Um, If you're selling you know, uh, essentials. So toilet paper, um, paper plates or hand sanitizer, things like that. Although today that might be a little bit different. Normally I would say that's probably not going to be exciting enough to watch live. The other issue is Amazon's live platform that you use is completely separate from everything else that you could do with going live basically. So Facebook or Instagram or anything else that you would normally be able to go live with. And there are a couple platforms out there. Um, even we use one and I can't even remember the name of it right now, but essentially you can go live on the platform and it will stream to all of your channels. Unfortunately, that's not the case with Amazon. So if you're going live on Amazon, you either need multiple cameras or you need to just strictly go live on Amazon. The other issue with Amazon, just like everything else, is that you have to drive traffic to this live video. And this live video may be on your listing um, or they may host it elsewhere, which I'll touch on in a minute. 
But if you're constantly driving traffic to Amazon, we all know you don't own the customer, you don't own the data, you really get no benefit out of it, minus the fact that you're driving traffic to your own listing. Um, but if you can actually get enough traction, when you when you watch the, the Accelerator uh, conference and they kind of talked about it, they didn't really get into like what the tiers are, but they mentioned that there's three different tiers. So essentially... You know, you, you start out, you're in tier one or whatever they call the tier. You're advertising your uh, live video on your listing. And then maybe you get a certain amount of views or maybe you sell a certain amount. I'm not really too sure. We actually decided not to get involved with it. Um, but essentially, then you tier up to the next thing. And the next tier has some bells and whistles that are added to it and a couple things that are kind of like, okay, like I guess that's kind of nice. Um, but the third tier is the one where everyone's like oh wait that sounds great and it will actually put you on the home page now i don't know how many people are aware of this but amazon tested something for a little while called uh what was it amazon merch cards where essentially the cards were like little four by four squares of each product and a very small headline that would link over to your product store uh, or your storefront and essentially it was like on the homepage and it did really well because you didn't have to pay to do it. It was just kind of a beta program because that did so well getting on Amazon's homepage is a big deal and everyone wants to do it. However, you have to get so much traction to your own listings and then get so many views and get so many purchases through these videos just to tear up to this third tier that they kind of made sound like only the best of the best will get listed there. And don't get me wrong. It sounds very lucrative and it could be, but you're looking at an incredibly long process of building out these videos, of building out an audience who's interested in hearing you on Amazon. And I know Amazon's goal is to obviously just become this massive place where everyone goes and shops there and no one goes anywhere else. But the reality of that seems kind of slim where you know they become just a monopoly. But essentially, if you have that much energy, you have that much time, you have that much bandwidth to be able to do those types of videos, you can get so much more traction from doing something like that on Instagram or on Facebook or on YouTube or anything along those lines where you can not only keep your data, but even direct people on where they're going and even do other videos outside of just product pitching. The other issue with QVC videos, QVC style videos like that is that they can be kind of boring and pretty monotonous sitting there listening to someone describe a pretty mundane product gets really boring after a while so you can really lose some people unless you have an extremely interesting topic or if you can find ways to get influencers involved where they're going live and that is something that might entice people to go to listing more often that makes sense but in the beginning you're definitely going to spend a lot of advertising dollars you're going to spend a lot of your um, outreach on maybe social media or, or on newsletters to actually get people to come out and to check it out on Amazon. So to me, it's kind of like, do you still want to drive traffic to Amazon? Our vote was no. We decided not to do it. Um, and really, I just kind of wanted to touch on that on, on our opinion of it right now. But you know, you're more than welcome to obviously try it. Uh, let us know how it goes. But our opinion, I would rather put that bandwidth elsewhere. But Amazon Live, it's out there now. You can now go ahead and try it. Uh, it's available to all people on Seller Central. I don't think it's available to vendors.
talk to you all about the massive slew of Amazon Chrome extensions that exist out there. Now, I have a list of 12 of them, as well as a small bonus one for you today. But I'm going to say that I would not recommend using all of them. Uh, If you've ever used more than five or six going on to your Amazon account or onto an Amazon listing is like signing on to like a really shitty website that's just trying to hit pop-ups every corner that they possibly can. There's just way too much going on because of all the extra bells and whistles that get added to all the product pages or the search page or anything like that. But so let's go through this list. So first one is one called Keepa, and this is an Amazon price tracker. Uh, so a lot of them are Amazon price trackers. People love to track price and BSR and mostly those two things for the most part, but some people also do some other stuff, but I'll get into that. But Keepa, Amazon price tracker, relatively simple to use. I don't use it, but I know it's one out there that a lot of other people use. Um, the Camelizer is another price tracker with a little bit different reporting the way that they show it. I prefer theirs. I also don't use theirs though um but it is different the way that they kind of level out their their uh, reporting and i know a lot of sellers that kind of prefer that one um then there's the fba calculator it's pretty self-explanatory uh, a lot of people will find their price or be looking at different competitors or different products that they want to get into and are kind of curious about what it may be costing them and the fba calculator can obviously show up on the screen and be able to help you with that there's also uh, AMZ base, so it's product research, and you're going to realize that so many of these do product research, but that is basically price tracking, um, uh, not suggested, um, predicted like sales and things like that, in which I'm going to touch on in a minute here. To, it just gets interesting. Jungle Scout's a big one. So Jungle Scout, I'll give them some love to the fact that I like them because they've gotten so big. They put out a lot of content. They help a lot of different Amazon sellers with just knowledge in general. They offer a lot more than just what their Chrome extension does, um, but their Chrome extension is pretty much meant for product research, and it gets relatively in-depth. Uh, the AMZ, no, Amazon FBA keyword tool. So this is a way of helping you look at different keywords that people may be searching. Amazon has slowly started to actually just show the suggested search terms that people are searching, but this one gets a little bit more extensive and allows you to kind of do a bit of a deeper dive into what people are searching. Um, Amaze Owl is another one for product research. Helium 10 is typically my preference, uh, not necessarily for product research, um, but it does have product research. It also does search terms and it gives you some PPC stuff and there's a lot of extra things that come with it, but the Chrome extension itself is mostly meant for product research. Then there's the, then there's, oh, AMZ Scout Pro. Also product research. If I'm doing product research, I'll usually use uh, Helium 10, probably compare it to Jungle Scout, and I will also compare it to Unicorn Smasher. So this is another one. The interesting thing here is we actually took, uh, I think it was five different product lines, five different companies, and looked at three or four competitors of each. And we basically took people that we worked with and then looked at their competitors. And we tried to decipher like, okay, which ones of these are most accurate? And oddly enough, Unicorn Smasher actually came out to be the closest almost every single time in terms of uh, projected sales or how much you know it assumes that someone is selling. And the odd thing to me was that it was really close Sometimes it was almost completely accurate. And I have no idea who owns that company. 
All I know is it's Unicorn Smasher. I don't know who runs it. I don't know what else it does. All I know is that you can get the Chrome extension. There's a free version. There's a paid version. Um, but I would suggest using Unicorn Smasher just because I've seen how accurate it is. I still use Helium 10 and Jungle Scout as a comparison, but Unicorn Smasher is usually my go-to. Then there's two others that aren't necessarily meant for um, Amazon sellers, but they basically are still useful. So you have the meta SEO inspector. So this will kind of dig into your meta title, meta description, it's SEO stuff. So a lot of Amazon sellers don't typically look into this kind of stuff because they're so worried about what kind of traffic they're getting from the existing traffic on Amazon, but they never really think about the traffic that they may be getting if their product were to list as you know rank number one on Google. So if you can actually adjust your Amazon listing to not only cater to the Amazon algorithm, but to also cater to Google's, there's a lot to know there. So it's it's a very interesting tool to have to still leverage, even though it's not completely catered to Amazon sellers. The next one's the same concept. So it's Moz. Uh, they call it the Moz bar. And it will show you uh, your Amazon's domain authority is not really going to tell me much, but your page authority. So this is essentially out of uh, every keyword that you rank for out of Amazon's domain, what is your specific product listing page rank for? Now, if you compare that to a website page, it's going to be much higher and you're going to be like, well, I'm not getting that much traffic, so this must be bullshit. It's not. The fact is, is that Amazon's domain, it has so much authority that it will bring your page authority up, but it won't rank as well just because of how big Amazon is. But it is an interesting thing to track. It's very easy to do if you have a relatively smaller product line. If you have a big product line, you have thousands of products, it's kind of difficult just because of the amount of tracking you would have to do, but it is a very beneficial uh, Chrome extension. Now, that is 12 of them that are specifically or helpful to Amazon sellers. I have a list of like 50 of them that are useful for just e-commerce in general. So I'm going to give you a, a bonus one that I found that I love, and it's called uh, Extensity. So essentially, it takes all of your Chrome extensions and makes it into like a almost like a bookmark folder so that you can just kind of file through them. Because the issue I've had is that I've now gotten so many Chrome extensions that it just starts to take up my entire area and I barely have any room in my search bar. And then they actually start to go into their own little folder. So the issue now is or the solution now is that Extensity actually puts them all into one folder for me. So I just know where they all are at the same time. And it definitely helps a lot. Um, um, that's my list. I'm going to talk to you about a lot of different Amazon product research tools. So we cater obviously a little bit more to the marketing side. Product research isn't necessarily our forte just because that tends to be how can you source it, um, where, how can you fulfill it, what are the overall FBA fees going to be, and it turns into operations, which... I don't, I don't care for, but so there's a bunch of different, uh, product research tools that I've used over the years just from sellers who've had access to them or some that we have on our own. And a lot of them do almost the exact same thing. They have product research and then they also have now all dove in into, dove in into, driven into, I've all gotten into keyword research, uh, PPC tools. A couple of them have the automated uh, review emails. They have price tracking. They have uh, buy box tracking. They have all these alerts that you can set up. There's profitability reports. Like There's a ton of different stuff that they all have. So really, there's just a race to what is going to be like the main 
Amazon tool that everyone uses and then what are like the other two that are kind of offered to the side. But right now I've narrowed it down to six that I typically look at. And yesterday I mentioned a lot of different Chrome extensions. A lot of these have Chrome extensions as well. One of the first ones being Helium 10. Helium 10 is my personal preference. I find it to be the easiest to use. They also have a lot of extra stuff to them, um, whereas opposed to some of the others may do things very well, but they don't offer as much as Helium 10 does. And at this point, Amazon is slowly becoming kind of like... um, this area where there's going to be a platform where everyone just kind of does everything. And it's kind of like HubSpot would be for Shopify, right? Where you do email marketing through there, you do social media through there, you do your paid advertising and all of your automation, your sales and everything is basically done in there. And it's starting to get to a point where there's software out there that's trying to do the same thing. And I feel like that's kind of what Helium 10 is because they have product research, keyword research and PPC tools and uh, different um, competitor stuff that you can do. Like there's a ton of crap in there that is great. The next one's seller app. There are also keyword research, PPC tools. I have a couple sellers that use this. I've been in it, um, but I've never used it myself, so I don't have a true judgment on it. Uh, AMZ Scout. They have a lot of keyword research stuff as well. Um, but on a product research side, I've heard that it's good. I don't know. Uh, I know one seller that uses it and that's their preference. Um, It kind of depends on how you're doing your product research, what it is you're looking for, the data that you're looking for. And each of these might treat the process a little bit different. So it's kind of what you're used to or what process you want to put into place. Uh, Jungle Scout is a big one. They put out a ton of great content uh, if you're looking to continue to learn and kind of get to know more stuff about the Amazon industry. Um, They also have probably the best social media out of everyone. Uh, So if the social media rep for jungle scouts listening props um but uh they're great they have a huge they've been around for years they might be the oldest one that i can remember uh io scout is another one ton of keyword research stuff behind there i don't know anyone that uses them but i've heard them and i've seen them in a lot and i've seen them at conferences and things like that uh and then yesterday one of my odd favorite ones is unicorn smasher so Unicorn Smasher, primarily a Chrome extension from as far as I can tell. Uh, I like it. I, all the numbers seem to be relatively accurate. Um, but I would suggest my my personal tech stack is Unicorn Smasher, Helium 10, and Jungle Scout, all for kind of different reasons, more or less. And then also just so I can compare across the three of them. Um, but that is our, our list for uh, product research tools. So usual, great review and subscribe and see you again thank you for tuning in to the ecom show head over to ecomshow.com to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or on the blue tusker youtube channel the ecom show is brought to you by blue tusker a full service digital marketing company specifically for e-commerce sellers looking to accelerate their growth Go to bluetusker.com now for more information. Make sure to tune in next week for another amazing episode of the Ecom Show.